Hey, it's Mercedes. Thanks for tuning in to this week's bonus episode of the West Block podcast. As promised, this is my full interview with Conservative leader Erin O'Toole. We have lots in store with this one, so let's get right to it. The Prime Minister says the federal government will have the provinces and territories backs, but in a pointed reminder to the Premier's said resources are not infinite. Opposition parties continue to probe into the Liberal government's response to COVID-19. For more on that, to get the latest from the official opposition is Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole. Welcome to the show. Great to be with you. Aaron. you had COVID-19. What was that experience like for you? Well, like all families, it was very distressing and worrying. Um, you know, we isolated in our home and unfortunately my wife caught it. Uh, our, our children didn't, but we had to wait in in lines for testing, there was the uncertainty. Fortunately, my uh, symptoms were very minor. Rebecca's were a little more serious, but nothing worthy of, of a trip to the doctor or anything. So we were we were lucky, but we know the, the fear and uncertainty that comes with it, which is why when we recovered, we do distancing, we use masks, we, we try and make sure that we're part of reducing the spread, you know, flattening the curve which we see rising in, in concerning levels in Ontario, in Quebec, in Manitoba, and in most parts of the country. We've been seeing record numbers for some time now, and that is continuing. The Canadian Medical Association put out a warning late last week saying that the measures that are being taken right now to mitigate the virus are not sufficient and that they believe we are facing a crisis. There are doctors in the media saying that Canadians are going to die unless there are not more measures taken. Would you support the premiers bringing back lockdowns and do you think that that needs to happen to stop the spread? Well, the Prime Minister of Canada needs to partner with the premiers wherever possible and collaborate, not confront, which Mr. Trudeau likes to do too often. This is why, Mercedes, we've been so frustrated with the lack of rapid test rollout in Canada. Many of our allies around the world have used rapid tests to give certainty to get frontline workers back if they're worried about an exposure, reduce quarantine times, help keep the economy moving as much as possible. But obviously public health needs to be a paramount consideration and provinces are trying to restrict the spread as much as possible, learn the lessons from the first wave of the pandemic in terms of long-term care, those sorts of things. And so as, as prime minister, I would be looking to partner with them and then really advance approvals control the border better. So I think collaborations needed during a public health crisis. I know you're the leader of the opposition, so you have to criticize the prime minister. In fairness, though, it is up to the premiers to decide whether or not they want to activate shutdowns in their provinces and hotspots. So I just want to come back to that with you. Do you think that the premiers should be looking at lockdowns given what we're hearing from medical doctors? Well, I know the premiers in my own province, Premier Ford, is working with the public health leadership within Ontario. I know that cities, some of the large city mayors are working with their teams to try and limit the ability for people to gather, to, to be exposed. And I, I know they're also trying to make sure that the economic impact is not as profound. So it's a very, very tough balance. But I see every premier of all stripes, to be honest, uh, doing what they can to make sure that the spread is reduced, to educate the public, to promote mask use. My issue is the first wave, we were slow on the border. We were slow with them emergency response programs. The tracing app is not a national tracing app, and we didn't have the test that Mr. Trudeau promised in March. So the federal government needs to do a better job and should collaborate wherever possible. But the national tracing app isn't a national tracing app because some provinces are choosing not to implement it. Well, some provinces like British Columbia, for example, which had the best response to the first wave, has said that it, it, it causes more confusion and potentially 
uh, mixed results for people that are using it. That's why they've not adopted it. The problem with the Trudeau government is they always have an Ottawa knows best solution to everything. It's why they messed up the rent supports. It's why we don't have a rapid test. Uh, we have to, in some cases, have the federal government learn from what they're hearing from the provinces, not force an Ottawa knows best decision to them. That seems to be where the Prime Minister was going with his comments about there not being unlimited support from Ottawa. But I do want to ask you about your party's position on COVID because some MPs in the government and in other opposition parties have said that they don't think the Conservatives were taking COVID-19 seriously, that people in your party weren't wearing masks, that there were still hybrid meetings taking place of caucus with some MPs there in person and some virtual. What is your response to people who say you don't take the virus seriously? My response is it's ridiculous because the Liberals were mocking us, uh, Mercedes, in January, suggesting we should close the border to flights from China. The, the Liberal Party, the minister herself, has changed her position on fundamental issues from the border to mask usage to human to human transmission. You wonder why there's some uncertainty around the country? Mr. Trudeau and Ms. Haiju have been confused, late and wrong most of the time. And when I was suggesting we'd need the military to help uh, with peaks to our health and, and long-term care systems, the Liberals attacked me for it, Mercedes. So we've actually been ahead of them at every step. This is why we're pushing for rapid tests. They should have ordered them like most countries did in March and April. Canada was again last in line. Mr. Trudeau likes to compare himself to the US, the, the worst student in the class. I want Canada to have the best response and that's what they'll have with us. Is there a tipping point at which you think a lockdown would be required in terms of the number of cases or what's happening with hospital capacity? Because right now we're seeing the number of hospitalizations and ICU admissions spiking. This is a provincial decision. They know exactly from their healthcare networks, from their hospitals, each province structures these things differently, Mercedes. Each province looks at long-term care or CHSLDs in Quebec differently. That's why Ottawa sitting in, a, in an office tower in Gatineau, they don't know the needs in rural Manitoba or in British Columbia or in Atlantic Canada where there's the bubble and there's less issues. So we have to be a partner as a federal government, not a paternalistic uh, overlord from, from Ottawa. And I think that's Mr. Trudeau's problem, not just with COVID, but pretty much with everything. Mr. O'Toole, I know that you're bringing a motion before the House this week. It's your Opposition Day motion relating to China. You're calling on the federal government in it to say no to Huawei within 30 days. You're also calling on the government to develop a strategy to address operations of Chinese agents within Canada that have influenced Canada or in some cases have attempted to intimidate Chinese Canadians. I know you have a policy which is a very tough stance on China, but some folks say the government has been less likely to go ahead with that because they're concerned about the welfare of the two Michaels, Michael Kovrig and Michael Spavor. And while I think that there's a lot of Canadians who might support what you're proposing, are you concerned about the effect that this could have on the two Michaels? No. In fact, we've been advocating for the two Michaels from the days that they were taken when Trudeau called their cases regular consular cases, misled Canadians with respect to why they were arrested by China. We, they've been in prison for over 700 days, uh, Mercedes. Over a year ago, in less period of time, the Liberals promised a decision on Huawei before the last election. That was a year ago. All of our allies have made the decision on Huawei and the 5G. All experts say that Canada cannot be an outlier. We can't put risks to our future digital economy by allowing Huawei, a state-owned Chinese enterprise, to help construct it. The Trudeau government never makes tough decisions. They kick them 
down the road. So what we've said is we know they know what the answer is. In the next 30 days, they should be honest with Canadians, honest with their allies, and uh, highlight the risks and, and the intimidation that hundreds of Canadians and families are feeling from Chinese communist uh, influence operations in, in Canada. We're bringing a motion to have a serious public education discussion and make the government take these issues seriously finally. Well, and those are issues that we have reported on extensively here at Global News, especially on the intimidation of Chinese Canadians by the Chinese state here in Canada, particularly if they're presenting dissenting opinions against the Chinese Communist Party. Australia has taken a tougher stance, and you cite that in your motion, but they've also faced some pretty serious repercussions for doing that, including massive cyber attacks. Do you think that Canada is ready for the inevitable retaliation from China if we get tougher? This is where we need to work with Australia and our Five Eyes allies, Mercedes, to make sure that we have a counterbalance, both in terms of size, economic strength, to counteract the intimidation that, that Beijing does. They've been doing it against Australia. Uh, they've, been, they've been known to do it against Japan and other countries. The more we work with like-minded allies, the more we can counteract that influence and reduce their ability to isolate Canada or isolate Australia. This is why we have to get in line with our allies. Canada's the only country that has not made the decision that Huawei can't be part of the 5G infrastructure. The world, the democratic world is watching for Canada to see if Mr. Trudeau is going to finally get serious with China from a security, human rights and a trade perspective, or is he still going to have this naive admiration for the basic dictatorship? This is a, a time for leadership, and, and that's what we're pushing for with the motion. Would you be willing to take some tougher steps, like cutting off, for example, foreign student visas for students who are coming from China, or even potentially sanctioning China? We've talked about the use of Magnitsky sanctions with respect to the two Michaels, and possibly with respect to the horrific human rights abuses of, of Uyghur Muslims within China. We can no longer turn a blind eye. And I've said, Mercedes, in the last 20 years, all parties, all democratic countries, tried to engage hoping that China and the WTO and other things would start moving towards respect for rule of law, for human rights. It's gone the opposite. So when things are not working after a generation, it's time for some leadership to take a different approach. That will never happen under the Trudeau Liberals who've been unfortunately way too close and inappropriate with some of the relations with communist China. It's time for a fresh approach to leadership and that's what the Conservative government in waiting is offering. Can I ask you to elaborate on that, on, on your comments about members of the Liberal Party who have been too close to China? Who is that? Mr. Trudeau himself. Uh, he appointed to his transition committee a senior person from the Canada-China Business Council. He attended cash for access fundraisers with uh, figures close to the regime in Beijing who made donations to the Trudeau Foundation, Mercedes. As the minister who announced the Afghan war memorial for Ottawa, the Trudeau government canceled that memorial while Beijing influence were planning through the Trudeau Foundation to put a statue to Pierre Trudeau in Montreal. He's been too close and naive from day one. So this is what Canadians want, a more serious principled leader at home and on the world stage. And that's what they'll get with me. So does that mean that you believe Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is being influenced by Beijing? Mr. Trudeau is naive on China, and I've not been the only one to say that. Former Ambassador David Mulroney has said that. Mr. Trudeau has some romantic notion, perhaps based on his father's uh, first forays into China a generation ago, that this is just an economic opportunity for Canadians. 
we do not sell out on our values. And I think it's time um, Canadians want to see a principled candidate on the world stage, not a naive leader like we see with Mr. Trudeau. So he will have to answer why he attended some of those events, Mercedes. I'm saying the Conservatives will have a principled approach. We will stand up for human rights, for security, and for a fair, balanced approach on trade. What more do you think that Canada should be doing on Hong Kong? Well, we have 300,000 Canadian citizens there, and there are people being persecuted now in a Beijing-led police state, violating the one country, two systems. We should offer refuge for some of the democratic um, uh, uh, spokespeople and activists who are gonna be targeted and persecuted. We should make sure that we have consular support for our citizens there. Uh, over a year ago, I wrote Ms. Freeland on this. She didn't even respond for months. We offered to work in a bipartisan nature. Th they don't take any of these issues with communist China seriously, Mercedes, which is why conservatives are bringing this motion forward. It's not a confidence motion, but it's, it's a signal that Canadians expect leadership from the liberals, not photo ops, not kicking tough decisions down the, down the road. So we're driving. They're going to have to make some plans in the next 30 days to show a serious approach with respect to China. You've made an appeal as the Conservative leader to members of unions to vote Conservative. And that has come as a surprise to some people considering the position of the Harper government on unions and the way that you voted against some bills that dealt with unions. How do you square that 180? Well, I've developed really good relations with many unions, union members and leaders in my own riding, the Power Workers Union, members of Unifor, it's well known that Jerry Diaz and I have not gotten along on, on NAFTA or tariff priorities, for example. But I want Canada to get working again. I want opportunities for families, whether in the energy sector, the auto sector, softwood lumber. If I can partner with union leaders who, who care about the well-being of their members just as much as I do, I want to partner. I come from a union town. You know, I'm a kid from a GM family. Uh, I have a lot of respect for, for unions, and I think we're going to try and build some partnerships. Does that make you feel weird at all in retrospect uh, about how you voted? No, I've, I've been talking actually with a number of union leaders who have concerns about some of the bills from the past. And as we are taking the Conservative Party into the next generation of leadership, at a time where we're seeing the, the, the coronavirus disruption of trade, the rise of China, we need to build new partnerships. And, and I'm willing to work, reach out and work with them. And even some people I've sparred with in the past, if, if I can be a partner to them now and, and help their members alongside their priorities, you'll see that. I was really proud to see Unifor and Mr. Dias help bring auto assembly back to Oshawa. That's personal for me. And I, I applaud that on your show. And, and so that's what leadership is, is learning, reaching out and building coalitions for the well-being of Canadians. That's what the Conservatives are all about. Great. Aaron O'Toole, thank you so much. Thank you. And on that note, that's it for my interview with Aaron O'Toole. If you liked what you heard, please keep an eye out for more bonus episodes. We'll have them in the future whenever you have a chance to check out the West Block podcast. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. 
Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.